right, so welcome back to True Crime Tea Time. I'm your host, Randy Peavy, and today um, Jacqueline is back on Spilling the Tea with me. <laughs> and we are continuing to talk about the Golden State Killer. So today we're going to discuss kind of the second part of, I guess, three parts of this case, um, where we're talking about the East Area Rapist portion of it. Right. So episode two, if you haven't listened to the first episode, I would suggest going back. You'll get some details that we might refer to in this episode, but a disclaimer that this and all the episodes on this case will talk a lot about rape, burglary, stalking. So if that's not your thing, listen to another episode. I'll, I'll talk about killing. <laughs> I also feel like maybe pick another podcast just in general. <laughs> Um, for now and all future podcasts (laughs) um, so a couple sources that I used for this specific episode was thequesterfiles.com and I used a little bit of thegoldenstatekiller.com so Jacqueline are you ready to spill the true crime tea today? every day (laughs) for that you know we need our drinks that's true (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Mm. all right so hold on we're uh, having technical difficulties okay so at the end of october of 1976 that's kind of where we left off the visalia ransacker case ransacker starts to evolve into the east area rapist So as we kind of talked about before, there were a lot of burglaries, things like that that were committed. Um, But this is focused primarily on, like, rape victims. Got it. (laughs) So some of the earlier attacks, like, began by him starting to target and stalk, like, lone women. So women that live by themselves. Um, And it was in a small part of Sacramento. The first rape was committed on... June 18th of 76 in Rancho Cordova and the attacks on these lone females continue through March of 1977 and he commits at least one rape a month and in the month of October he commits four. Oof. I don't know what happened in October but <laughs> spooky <laughs> season. He made it extra spooky for everybody. Jesus <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Way to ruin October. Yeah, no kidding. Shit. <laughs> My favorite month. <laughs> Me too. So, uh, actually, to go back a step, I know we were talking about in the last episode how we shouldn't do this at night because we're going to have nightmares. And then we both had nightmares. Yes, that is <laughs> true. Fine. I don't know if you remember yours. I remember some of my, you know what's funny about mine and anybody cares about this but I've lately decided um inspired from a friend of mine to start writing down my dreams the next morning um so I'm like three dreams into that hold on I want to see if I wrote this one. I don't think I did I think I forgot it like instantly the moment I woke up it was like you know how you dream and then you wake up and you're like that was scary as shit but like what was it even about like I don't so fall back asleep and it's just gone yeah so that's what happened to me during mine well I remember tell me about yours (laughs) detail um I mean basically it was and the sad part is something I guess sort of similar has happened (laughs) um but I was at home 
and I like heard someone outside my window, which that has happened before. Um, yeah. And that was just like a drunk man who dropped his liquor bottle and was like on his way. Poor guy. <laughs> but, but in my dream, it was a man outside the window, and I like pulled back the blinds. And this is very similar to what happened in real life. Right. I pulled back the blinds and like shined a flashlight at his face, and, <laughs> and it was Charles Manson. No. And I attacked him with like a meat cleaver. <laughs> okay, but did you win? I woke up. You woke up. Yeah, I like chased him out the door with a meat cleaver. <laughs> um, and that was probably because I was talking about like Dexter the night before. Okay. I think they're all they all did a full it's all like blurry together, and <laughs> we need to give you like an episode of Care Bears or some shit to watch before you go to bed. Like you can't, this can't keep happening to you. <laughs> Have you had any nightmares since, or just that night? Uh, no. I mean, just that night. Okay. I've I haven't had any since, but that night I definitely had. I can't remember at all what mine was about, but when you said you had nightmares, I was like, "Fuck me too, dude!" Like, I don't remember what mine were about. I just remember waking up like heart pounding, all sweaty. Like, I'm sure I was running from something. Um, just all around wasn't a great dream. <laughs> To be fair, my stepdad also looks like Charles Manson, so... I'm not sure who it was. It was either Charles Manson or Jimmy. Poor guy. Charles Manson. (laughs) (laughs) Did he have the forehead tattoo or not? (laughs) That's how I knew it was Charles Manson. (laughs) Identifying factors. Anyway. So, um, the first crime is... I just want to point out that it is the middle of the day. So we do not make the same mistake. Plenty of time to watch cartoons and then go to bed. (laughs) Okay. So the first crime is committed in June 16th of 76. And a woman wakes up to hearing like the sounds of somebody methodically tapping on something. She wakes up and sees someone standing in her doorway to her bedroom. And they're tapping something against the doorframe before she can make out what she's seeing. The person turns on the light and is standing in the doorway holding a large knife, and he's tapping that against the doorway. That is some scary movie shit. Like, that is, like, Scream or, you know, just one of those movies. That's so scary. And he's wearing a mask and gloves, dark shirt, but he's naked from the waist down. And he's very clearly aroused. (laughs) Great. Um, his mask is dirty and gray. It has holes only for his eyes. She covers her face with the sheets and he runs towards her. Like that that's almost like I don't know what I would do, but that's almost like what I might do. Like, it's a dream, it's a dream. Yeah, like, okay. yeah you're like a little kid and like your comforter will protect you. <laughs> yeah. I mean at that point it's like, what do you do? Run at them? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea what I would do in this situation. I mean, I feel like I would, like, hit them or something, but if he has a giant knife, I don't know. <laughs> Try and get the knife, I guess. Maybe. So, there was a time when I slept with a knife next to the bed, too, by the way. <laughs> you know, more than likely, they're going to use the knife on you before you're going to be able to get to them. We've got to get you a different tool. <laughs> <laughs> my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... He rips the sheets off of her and ends up, like, cutting her face with the knife. And then he whispers to her, this is, like, intense right away. In this, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, to be fair, it is part two, but, like, whew, yeah. I need a drink. Hold on. Um, and he whispers to her, if you make a move or sound, I'll stick this knife into you. And then he says, I want to. 
men just think they can do whatever they want. Um, so he gets up and he orders her to take her clothes off. And while she's doing that, he's like pacing the room. He pulls her arms behind her back, crossing them and holding her wrists while like he ties her up. He rapes her. We won't get into details of that. We don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he finishes, he like asks her if she has any money. And before she can even answer him, he yells at her to shut up. Okay. <laughs> Seems counterintuitive. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, he searches her room, comes back with her hair dryer, and ties her ankles with the cord. And then he looks for something else in the room and comes back with her slip and then he like ties it around her mouth as a gag. Uh-huh. Um, he continues to rummage around the room and the woman almost thinks that she hears two people talking and she thinks that that's confirmed when like one person s- says, I told you to shut up. And after that happens, like the room goes silent and for quite some time she like waits and then eventually she struggles free of the like bindings and discovers that her back door is open. She runs to the nearest phone, which is off the hook. So she runs to her father's room and uses his phone to call 911. And she was home alone? She must yeah. have been. Yeah. So <laughs> many signs of both, like, both the rape and the ransacking can be found in the house. Her purse was found on the back patio. There were items strewn about. There was baby oil on the counter. Um, he attempted to cut the phone line, but was unsuccessful. There was nothing of like high value taken from the home, and it appears that the rope that he used to tie her hands, he had already cut and like brought it with him. Okay. So he definitely planned this. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost it's like he planned it, but then also, to me, it sounds like when he was in the middle of all of this, it's like. Like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, like there's the cord for the, you know what I mean? It's like, it seemed rushed and like he planned it. But then when it was happening, it was like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the, like, you know, one of the earlier rapes. So like, he didn't know what he was doing. Right. Um, so the victim thinks that she was stopped prior to the actual crime being committed. She remembers seeing an older car sometime in May, um, so about a month earlier, that would occasionally drive through the neighborhood, and when it would pass by her, she'd kind of look at it, and the driver would quickly look away. And the car eventually stopped driving by. However, two weeks later, she starts getting hang-up calls to her the phone at the house. Oof. Um, and, like, this isn't necessarily hang-up calls, but throughout this case, he makes a lot of phone calls. Some of them he just breathes into the phone. Some of them he talks. So, like, just to show people how creepy it is, I found some clips. <laughs> and we can listen to them really quick. Yeah. Um, and these are these are the creepiest unedited phone calls made by him. <laughs> so course they're the worst ones yeah thanks to whoever is on youtube that like made a compilation of yeah. everybody's nightmare like... to true crime magazine wait was that to the cops though no because he used to call the cops didn't he yeah but i don't think 
Let me go back a step. Because that one was like, it's the E-Stereo way, pissed you dumb motherfucker. Like, Calls were recorded and later released to the public. The assailant attacked the next victim the same night. Oh, okay, sorry. Nineteen seventy-eight is Ray there, and I'm gonna kill you. Phone calls. January second, nineteen seventy-eight. First rape victim receives a call. So this person, right? Yeah. Ray there. Absolutely. Yeah. So we didn't raise alarm until they received another phone call. This time they ident- the person identified the voice. documentary that I yeah. every time I hear it I'm like ooh it, this, is, this is so gross the heavy breathing straight into the it's just so incredibly creepy and like something that you would think would only happen in a movie and oh my god it's just so creepy yeah so anyway <laughs> Nightmares. We're having nightmares tonight. So that that's I mean, that's what the woman received a call. Like, and even though like sh- we talked about it, even though she lived with her father, he had been away visiting family. So she was alone in the house. Right. So over the next six months, twelve more rapes with similar motives and descriptions occur. The East Area rapist starts to spend more time in the homes and consumes beer and food and all sorts of other things. Oh <laughs> having a good time (laughs) it's just a big old party for him i guess yes so all of the women describe him this was like my favorite the description was like spot on with everybody and just wait it gets really good oh i love i I love this go on sorry (laughs) they all describe him very similar to the last one 510 he's lean has good posture um maybe he's a person that's either of military or law enforcement background they thought the thing that was odd from this based on the Visalia Ransacker was that they thought he was young, like no older than 20, which I guess is kind of similar in the sense that they said that the Visalia Ransacker had like a baby face. So maybe that's why like they thought he was young. Yeah. 
And though he spoke in a whisper most of the time and mostly like an angry tone, they thought he was trying to disguise his voice and possibly talk at a higher pitch than he normally did. Mm. Um, all the women also note that he has a small penis. So That's my favorite part. And <clears throat> like, of course he does, right? Because what... Like he, what secure man, right? Rapes and murders people. But um, that's something, and we, well, no, I'll just talk about it here. That's something that, I mean, you, everybody knows he's been caught, right? So spoiler alert. But like that they had to like identify, like he had to pull down his pants and like show his small dick (laughs) to like help with the identification process. But yes, this was in fact true. (laughs) Yes. So he does, in fact, have a tiny penis. Well, makes more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) So somewhere between rape 13 and 14, there's a lurker um, that they catch outside of a home. Well, I guess don't, like, catch, but they see him outside of a home on the night of February 16th of 77. And it's outside the home of a young man and his father, which is nearby one of the rape victims. We won't go into detail about every single rape victim because there's a lot, but um, it's the victim number 11. And so Rod Miller is the son. He returns home and enters the house through um, the garage. His father, Ray. So Rod is the son, Ray is the father. I got this as well. Ray hears something in the backyard and turns on the back light to investigate. And both Rod and his father see a man in their yard. And the father opens a sliding door to run after the person. The prowler runs along the side of their house to the front yard. And the son, Roy, ends up following closely behind. The prowler jumps over the fence and Rod is ready to like jump the fence and run after him when he hears somebody cocking a gun. And the prowler shoots Roy in the stomach, and he falls backward into his father's arms. The suspect shoots again and misses him, and Ray drags his son back into the house while the prowler escapes. Rod suffers from 13 holes. He was only shot twice, but there's 13 holes to his internal organs. Oh, my gosh. He ends up surviving. That is so insane. And so... Rod and Ray were home, but they weren't the rape victims, right? Was they, did they have, no, they was it like this? Heard like a noise. Oh, okay. And so that's when like they, like he almost got caught. But was they, was the East Area Rapist going to their house or somebody nearby? Just like prowling or stalking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And, like someone heard a noise. It just happened to be wrong place, wrong, wrong place, time. wrong time. Yep. Um, I mean, unfortunately they didn't catch him. So. so then but he was off- okay sorry so he had yeah. the 13 holes to his orga- <laughs> organs <laughs> i hate me um and survives okay that's good that's good sucks yeah. but he survives you know yeah unfortunately that's not the case for a lot of other people but so on april 2nd 77 the east area rapist commits their his first crime targeted towards a couple this is where, so, it, in my opinion, this is where everything starts going, I mean, I guess, escalating or goes downhill, however you, whatever perception you want to look at that as, but. 
like it the... gets increasingly more violent. Yeah, this is where it gets like to me the first couple crime is where you're like, fuck, dude. <laughs> Okay. So around 1.30 in the morning, the victim and her boyfriend return home from a drive-in movie, and they put their children to bed. I think it was actually her children. I don't think they were his. Um, but she puts the children to bed, and then in the early morning, they hear a voice, followed by a flashlight shining in their face. Um, a man is standing in the doorway. Um, ski mask again, two eye holes, same as usual. And he whispers, don't make a sound. Do you see this gun? He orders her and her boyfriend to wake up. She wakes up the boy, or she he orders her to wake her boyfriend up. Um, she wakes the boyfriend up and tells him that someone's in the room. The suspect orders both of them to lay on their stomachs and threatens to shoot them if they don't listen. The boyfriend, like, kind of tries to de-escalate the situation. Is like, my wallet's in my pants pocket. Like, take it if you want. Um, but that orders the woman to tie up the boyfriend and as she's tying him up the suspect steal does end up stealing the money from the boyfriend's pants pocket um and i lost (laughs) and um approaches the boyfriend and holds a gun to his head the boyfriend once he's tied up um The suspect takes the woman into the other room and ends up tying her up and blindfolding her with a towel. He forces her to lay on her stomach. This is the part where this is the first time this happens. And every time it happens after I'm like, this is so weird, but it makes sense. Yes, this is. (laughs) Yes. So he forces her to lay on her stomach and puts a cup and saucer on her back and tells her if he hears her moving, he'll kill her. And. He returns to the bedroom, does the same thing to the boyfriend, and then he returns to rape the woman. Then he, you know, gets hungry. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, I could never imagine being a rape victim like this. But, like, being raped and And then then having to just fucking be there while he's eating the food in your kitchen. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate this Uh man. So he's eating food and he like makes it a point to eat loud enough so she knows that he's still there. Oh my god, I hate it. And then he comes back, rapes her two more times, which I mean I guess his little penis works. <laughs> I guess shit. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> but um he leaves two more times or he he leaves to check on the boyfriend like up to five more times. So he must have been, like, concerned that the boyfriend would get out and, like, attack him. Yeah. Um, and then he, this is probably the biggest mistake that he ever made. He mm-hmm. leaves behind a piece of chewing gum and two spoons that he had used while he was eating. And, like, back in this time, it was, like, very early in DNA testing, which we'll get into in that further episodes, but... The DNA test that they were able to run reveals that he has type A blood. So, I don't. I don't think we realize how recent DNA testing is. Like, yeah, it's so recent. I feel like the reason why we don't have, <laughs> yeah, the reason why we don't have serial killers these days is because DNA is so fast now, and it can come from anything. Right, and it's just it's so much easier to catch somebody with DNA now. But I mean, we're talking seventy seven, 
And I mean, like, think about like Forensic Files, the show. That shit was in the 90s. And it was like, ooh, whoa, look at all this crazy stuff we can do. And like they're finally catching all these people, which is amazing. But even like in the 90s, it was like, that's old technology. So now it's like things have just exceeded. Yeah. What anyone can imagine. Yeah, I think like a lot of people probably younger people especially like don't realize oh yeah dna testing was not always a thing yeah <laughs> so right. yeah i mean like this is a perfect example like from the dna yeah. test it reveals he was type a blood it's like, like that doesn't like, help anybody <laughs> you know what i mean all the world like come on <laughs> yeah so he never bothers the children and they slept through everything thankfully the investigators also discover that there have been incidents of prowling in the neighborhood. A neighbor had been robbed a few months before. Another person had witnessed a prowler and had a similar description, though this person described them as between 25 and 30. And this neighbor tried to chase the suspect through several yards, but they were unable to catch him. And then another neighbor reports those strange calls where someone was just breathing creepy and heavily into the phone and then hangs up. Very similar to what we just listened to. Yeah. And I can understand why they would be kind of creeped out. Uh, yeah. So then in like the latter part of 77, he starts to send letters to some of the victims and continues to make the phone calls and he's also cited several times. It's just amazing to me how many times people have, like, seen him or almost caught him. I know. it's That, to me, is, like, that's why we know, like, I can't remember, like, if he had a job or anything. But it's, like, very clear to me at this time. He wasn't, like, working somewhere. He was clearly, like, homeless or something. And he was able to stay off the radar because nobody was, like, looking for him. I know. It's insane. So crazy. So this is kind of not one of the last ones we'll talk about, but one of the other bigger ones that we'll talk about in more detail. But um, on February 2nd of 78, there's a young couple that lives in Rancho Rancho Cordova. Can't talk today. (laughs) um, And is out for a walk with their dog Thumper. They walk a different route than they normally do. And I mean, you have a dog. You guys probably walk like the same route most of the time. All the time. It's the Uh same route around the neighborhood every single time. And they end up kind of right in the center of the city, um, but also the center of where a lot of the East Area Rapist has targeted his victims. Yikes. They're not aware of this. So neighbors in this this particular area have received a lot of those hang-up calls Incidents of prowling, home invasions, burglaries, everything that he does. (laughs) Um, A recent burglary that had occurred in December was kind of a weird one. During that burglary, the suspect had entered the yard of this home, leaving the gate open. He took underwear, some inexpensive items, and then he left footprints outside the window. Um, And also, this is the worst part. Discovered on the window were some pictures that were drawn with bodily fluids. Oh my god, so gross. Yeah. Um, The house behind this crime scene also had received a lot of hang-up calls, prowler activity, similar to everyone else. Um, As the couple continues on their walk, a jogger runs by, and later that same jogger reports seeing a man standing in the bushes, like, watching this couple. (laughs) 
weird. That is, uh, I think almost, I mean, all of the things that he's, he's done are horrible. Murder, rape, all that. But like prowling and stalking has got to be some of the creepiest shit ever, right? Like you're taking your time, investigating, like, oh, so gross. So gross. So that dogger reports seeing this man, he has a brown jacket. He must not have had a mask on because he saw that he had like curly or kind of messy hair. Um, and that's really all he can describe. Mm. So somewhere along this walk, the couple gets lost, which I guess, I mean, you usually take the same route. and Yeah, you- I guess. I guess. But like, what kind of dogs do you have that aren't tired by now? Like, from- It's a poodle. I don't know if it's a standard poodle or like a smaller one, but I know it's a poodle. Okay, fine. I remember that detail and I was like, oh, I don't have this in here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they end up in the yard of one of like the neighboring homes along with the suspect. So they ended up in the same spot. Great. <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Um, the people that live in that house see them in the backyard and soon after sees them take off running and the suspect's following after them. Wait, running with the dog? Yeah. No. No, I don't know if they let the dog go. I will... I did not put a disclaimer about animals being killed because no animals died. Okay. But we'll add that. Okay, fine. I... That are like... I'm literally taking a sticky note right now and I'm writing East Area Rapist Poodle Check so that after we're done here, I'm about to make sure if that poodle's okay or not. Oh, wait. I I explain it. He's okay. Okay. All right, never mind. (laughs) Throwing away the note. Okay, proceed. He raises his arms and fires gunshots at the couple. One of the shots is at the ground, but then the second shot hits the man, and his name is Brian. I'm going to say McGoy. I don't know how else you'd pronounce that. I'm not sure. Um, It's clear that the suspect, like, wanted to kill Brian. Yeah. Shoots at him again and then turns the gun on the woman who's still running. So he chases after her. Her name's Katie. So he chases after Katie and fires more shots. Neighbors end up, like, reporting that they hear a woman screaming. Obviously, if someone's chasing you with a gun, you're going to scream. Yeah. Um, A 17-year-old kid that lives in the neighborhood ends up jumping a fence and tries to stop him. Whoa, don't play hero, buddy. (laughs) Kids are, like, stepping up. (laughs) Um, But the suspect runs from him. He doesn't harm him at all. When the sheriff's deputy arrives, they find Brian dead. He was shot in the back and in the Oof. neck. And by the side, Katie's body, and she was shot as well. Oof. There's a bloody footprint found in the driveway. And the couple's dog is found alive in a neighboring pool. That poor <gasps> thing. Oh, my God. He wow. must have been a bigger dog. It must have been a standard poodle. Because if a, a small poodle in a pool, that wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Oh, bless. So, there's very little information that was released to the public. And when they did release it, it was all very confusing. I mean, I guess with all of these different accounts of what happened, it would get confusing. Mm-hmm. So initially, they described the suspect as six feet tall, 160 pounds, wearing a brown leather jacket. However, a month later, there's a new description. Um, and I put in some, like, police sketches. And you could see that like, there's a pretty varying difference on what he looks like. Oh, yeah. The only thing that's the same in those pictures are the way he parts his hair. Yeah, that's like, it. same direction. Yeah. One picture definitely looks younger. 
Mm-hmm. In the second picture, like his face is a lot thinner. The his... nose is completely different. Yeah, I was gonna say his features are like very defined in one photo and the, or in one drawing, and then the other drawing, it's just like a normal man, you know. The second or the photo that says new description, mm-hmm. very similar to all of the other. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's something interesting that you should post, like the side by side of this new description compared to the early ones we talked about in episode yeah. one. I'll yeah. make sure, you know, on social media to kind of post some of the pictures yeah. of the things we reference, like the day the episode comes out. So that's good. Yeah. We'll always go back to that. So even though all the accounts like vary from one to the next, you know, people say he's shorter, he's heavier, he's younger, he's older. Um, I think they still kind of believe it's all related in some aspect. So these series of rapes and crimes on couples in this area end with rape number 31, uh, which is insane. That <laughs> is insane. So at this point, is, he's... Sorry, I'm sorry, really quick. Um, is rape number 31 just 31 rapes or is that crimes committed because like what number of crimes committed are we on by now probably like 200 rapes. so in this section it's all people that he's raped i don't okay. go into i mean it's way too much detail to go into like oh, every i'm just curious what we're uh we should look up after this the tally of how many crimes by now uh, yeah so that is crime number 31 on april 14th of 78 and this started on june 18th of 76 so this is in two years he's committed about 30 rapes that's crazy that's so, so crazy then in the mid like 1978 range he the attacks moved to like other parts of california and they slowly start to move south focusing prim- primarily on the contra costa county area costa yeah why did i say that wrong I lived in Costa Mesa. Why do I not know how to pronounce that? I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, I blame drinks. (laughs) Exactly. So in that er those areas, he committed um, a total of forty-eight crimes from June of eighty June of seventy-eight to July of seventy-nine. So in about a year time span, he committed. Or I'm sorry. He committed a total of 48 crimes throughout this whole time span. Yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> too many crimes. Way too so many. That's kind of the the end of like the East Area Rapist portion. Um, well, and- it's interesting to hear from this episode, from the first episode to this one, like just things are just kind of slowly escalating. You know what I mean? Like the crimes are definitely slowing down in a sense of how many are committed, it's still a lot. Yes. But they're very much, like, escalated crimes at this point. Like, right, they're way more violent. It's like, yeah. Definitely. So what What do you think? What do you... Uh... I don't know. This round is so hard because it's all, it's all rape, and that is all so sad. Um, the thing, the biggest thing that sticks out to me in all of this is where he starts well we talked about the one couple the one targeted couple and i know that we'll probably get in that deeper later but that is just like something that ends up happening it's like he ends up thriving on 
couples. Almost, <laughs> and not in this specific time frame, but the amount of times that he almost gets caught, it's like, is he trying to get caught? Yeah, it's, I think what it, I think what it is, and I think we touched on this a little bit last episode, but he's getting away with things so yeah. often that you just get lazy or you think you're like, it'll be fine. You know what I mean? I'll just leave this DNA here and there. Not that he knows that no, that's DNA thing, was but... never, you know, yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm going to draw a fucking dick pic on the side of a window with my semen. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop. <laughs> like, that besides like a 12-year-old boy. Yes. <laughs> Come on. And even then the 12-year-old boy would use just fog and not <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> yeah, wow. I definitely think, I mean, from the first episode to now, so from the Visalia Ransacker to the East Area Rapist, like he is definitely escalated. Obviously he's raping people now. Right. Um but he's like more violent. Like the right. other ones when he like kill people right it's like i need to get away yeah it was like out of panic yeah and this is more like at least the last one it seemed like he could have probably got away but then he made sure to kill her too and like yeah it's like you can see it's like starting to escalate into like well if i i can also i i already killed him so i might as well i'm just so glad the poodle lived me too (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, so this is kind of the the end of episode two. That went really fast. I'm surprised. That's okay, oh. though. Give him a break. You know, give him a little exactly. breathing room before the next episode. For that. <laughs> so join me next time on Tuesday when we'll be spilling the tea on part three. And we'll talk about the original Night Stalker, which occurs mostly in Southern California. Um, so in the meantime, you can follow us on True Crime Tea Time. So that's True Crime, the letter T, and then Time. And it's on Instagram and Twitter. And like I mentioned, I will post some of the like drawings and things like that that we've talked about. I'll make sure to post those on social media so you can see those. Thank yeah, you. If you want to torture yourself, exactly. just go look at the photos. But also, she posts really hilarious memes, so it evens it out. (laughs) Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you on the next episode. Can't wait.